Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Hey, it's the second hour of the Tuesday program. Hope you're doing great. Um, Lucas, is, Lucas is keeping an eye on the uh, Odell Beckham saga. He's 58 minutes away from being a free agent. Says uh, Jordan Schultz reporting uh, some, uh, maybe some of you thought, hey, where's he going to sign? Maybe some AFC team where he could burn the Titans. Uh, he has prioritized the Packers as his number one destination. Should he clear waivers for sources? Mm. Well, I'm sure his agent Jordan that out Schultz. there. Yes, it, yes, he it, <laughs> That's where that comes from, his uh, agent. Uh, Jordan Schultz and said, let it be known. I'm oh, sure it be a yeah, nice little, little, little small list. Green Bay. Um, Saints, uh, the, the, uh, the Patriots. Uh, there's a handful of teams that could go for a receiver. Even West Coast teams like the, the Rams. They could go for a, a guy like him on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who stood out at receiver for them? Mm-hmm. See? Well, what Woods is... Woods, oh, Woods and really Cup. Good players. Yeah, Woods and Cup yeah. are the guys. Cup has just had a great statistical season, but uh, mm-hmm. OBJ is still a different kind of cat. Mm-hmm. Um, some contender is going to get better with him. Yeah. I mean, some contender. They want to deal with him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, some contender is going to get better. Uh, speaking of contenders, uh, Titans 7 and 2. We started the show with this today. I got real curious just because I was thinking, okay, how many times have the Titans gone at least 7 and 2? Because I thought, it seems like at one point that was an every year thing, which it basically was. I'll share this. But I asked Lucas and Blaine, and both of you guys kind of underguessed that this is the fifth time that they've done it. It's the fifth time they've started 7-2. and two. They haven't done it since 2008. Hey, that was one of my guesses. 2008, two years I played. That was right. But yeah, You were right. More times. You got all three of the years. Yes, technically you only missed one year, and that, and, and that was not 08. It was uh, 03. So the Titans have started at least 7-2. and two. Well, including this year, five times. The four other times were this. In 99, Blaine's team started 9-2. and two. Blaine's team. And you <laughs> right. were on that team. In 2000, Blaine's team, the Tennessee Titans, started 9-2 and two again. A lot of people say the 2002 team was, that, that team was even better than the 99 team, which I know the 99 team went to the Super Bowl, but huh. by gosh, the, two, the 2000 but, team. But See, this is where... People look at how far you went and think that team is better. The 99 team wasn't even better than the 2000 team. Yeah. It wasn't even close. We lose to the Ravens. Dang, Ravens. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that, the 2000 team was the best team. 2000's team had the guy that you consider the best defensive player of the modern Titans era on it. 99 didn't. By that time, they'd gotten KB. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they were like, hey, man, we got three linebackers who start. We got to find a way to get this dude on the field. Oh, he every time he got on the field, he made a play. I mean, I'm talking about a big, impactful play. It was like, uh-oh. I went in there to Eddie Roberts and said, hey, which one of y'all getting benched? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how he responded. Like, not me. <laughs> I remember not, you, not said, me. you said, man, he was so good. They had to invent a, a scheme to get the extra backer on the they field. They extra I backer. I said, what they call it? And you said, extra backer. <laughs> yeah. He came in and they put an extra backer. I said, what did they do? We got extra backer? What is this? And then he go out there and get an interception for a touchdown. <laughs> Man, we love extra backer. That's a good call, yeah, coach. Yeah, we got we got to put put that in more often. Yeah, he was it was instantly he knew how to make plays with his, you know, background as a former safety, safety. in college. Yep. Uh, then moving to linebackers junior senior year uh, really benefited him a lot. Uh, Could you imagine that dude and, and t- his athleticism and speed oh, and everything else? Yeah, and long arms and just you couldn't mm-hmm. over you couldn't throw it over. Him, estimate, throw it you know, he him. was kind of a freakish athlete too. He was. He was. Uh, well, how about this? All guys going the first round are pretty much freakish athletes. I don't mean they're you know better football players, yeah. but they their upside is for sure there to get there because and he, of their athleticism. And he was the rare both. Mm-hmm. 
He was yeah, a great was. football player who was a great God blessed athlete too. Uh, yeah, KB yeah, for two, sure. Two thousand team was. So 99-9-2, 2009-2, they started 9-2. That was the year they got out to that freezer bowl in New England and, and lost at the end of the game. That was mm. such a great game. That was a good team, too. Uh, and then 2008, which is mm. – we all kind of look to 99 and 2000, I think, historically. Because if you just ask me, what's the best two, it's the best Titans team? I'm always – oh, it's 2000. It's 2000. It's 2000's team. Too many of you guys – Everybody's going to say 99 just because we went to Super Bowl. Right. But when you talk to the players, all of you say 2000. Every one of you. Uh -huh. But the the dog on 2018. No, no, the A team. I thought Woo! was going to go. I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to go all the way. I really did. It, Chris Johnson ran all over the Ravens in the first half. Then they about broke his foot off of his leg at the end of the first half. Just at the bottom of a pile. And then at the end of the game, they had a play that went like two and a half seconds after the play clock ran down. But it was so loud. Here at home, too. Yeah, here at home. I was sitting right there on the sideline. I was just living. I wanted to run on the field, but I knew I'd get in trouble. I wish you would have. At least that would have stopped playing. They would have I might have pulled a, a stoops, man. <laughs> they would have been like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. yeah well, they already said that, so. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. So that was, that was so, a good old day. So that shows how much success they're having, you know. To, it's the fifth time in 25 with years all of those Tennessee injuries football that you've been talking about. Yes. So, and it's not like they're doing this with a fully healthy team. They just beat Los Angeles without the King and without LaJuan and without Nate Davis and with the – well, Dang. Greg Maven was a cornerback off the street. So we're Chris Jackson is this nickel who played outside mm -hmm. with Jack Rabbit. So no Maven, no Fulton. Mm. Uh, I mean, no Rashawn Evans. No Rashawn Evans. He was a starter. He was a starter. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just one thing after another. But they're doing it with all those injuries, and it's the fifth time. And I would even include the two Tennessee Oilers years because the Tennessee Oilers didn't start seven and two. So, so in the history of Titans slash Oilers football in this state, that's t this is the twenty fifth year. It's the fifth time this has happened. So and now, here is the question, though: Where did all those teams finish? Oh, I got that. Oh, I knew you were great minds uh, think alike. Well, you've asked me enough follow up questions that I'm like, I need to have the follow up. So <laughs> I knew this. I wrote. I wrote I, it down. I don't even know the answer to it. That's oh, what I'm, I asked because. I'm like, man, okay, 99 went to Super Bowl. 2000, we got beat in the second round. Division round, yeah. lost to the Ravens. 2003, Three. lost in the division round at New England. Right. In the second round. 2008, got the bye again. Lost to the bleeping bleep Ravens Dang. in the division round. Mm. Division round. So made to the Super Bowl. Then the next three were all, all in division round. So which is the second round, right? Second round of the playoffs. Yep. And then a lot of and we had home field, and we got the bye on yep. most of those uh, teams, right? Um, yep, two thousand. That home was that was a loss at home to the Ravens in uh -huh. two thousand three. That was the second game oh, they, they beat uh, somebody to then go to New England. Oh right, that was at New England, and yeah, two thousand eight. That was at home as well. And so I had I told you I was talking about this to somebody this morning. He goes two thousand two. I said, no man, they started bad. That team, they were six and five, uh, and then won every other game all the way to the AFC title game, which they lost out on the coast. All right, we promise we take these calls. Let's jump to the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Uh, Kelly in Kentucky, and then Jason Hold will get to you next. Hey, Kelly. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Hey, we're doing great, man. Hey, I know y'all just had a call about A.J. Brown a few minutes ago. That guy has really been putting this Titan – he, he – about the hamstring, there's no way. That's a concentration, like that, like was said. Mm -hmm. That man has been putting the team on his back 
like Greg Jeannie. Some of y'all might get a kick out of that. I don't know. But, man, this dude has been putting the team on his yeah. back. The defense, stepping up. Man, it's just great to be a Titans fan right now. We're watching them take out teams that were considered big contenders. Titans by 90 for the rest of the season, I'm calling it now. They're going to go get home field advantage. Tennessee, Nashville, stand up. It's it's going crazy, man. We just got a defense going good. Jim Schwartz is there. Bowen, I don't know what they're doing, but they got them guys playing ball. Audrey, Simmons. We got a plenty of big injury. Next man up. That's what's been said all week. I, that's all my time. Y'all go ahead and have fun with it. Let's go Titans. Man, appreciate the phone call, Kelly. Like the, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, just think about AJ Brown versus the Colts. This second go around here in Indianapolis, he literally won the game, like his performance. So that's why when you see the drops, and he's had some, some this season. You let him slide, but you say something to him, and we got working them hands. Yeah, work on concentration. That's it. You know, that's it. Because he's winning games too now. Oh it's gosh, yes. yep. That's why you give him the attaboy or you know a little little leeway. Sure. Uh huh. Let's get uh, let's get Jason real quick before we take this break. And Coach Mack will join us next. What's going on, Jason? Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Beautiful day. Hey, I just have a quick question. Um, I guess in Blaine's time back in the day, they were more tough and more grit to want to play football. Um, I just want to talk about Taylor Lewan. I know y'all talked about him before, um, how you cannot be on the injury report all week, and then all of a sudden, five minutes before the game, you're just like, nah, I don't feel like playing. I'm going to sit this one out. And then you, they pan a camera to him, and he's just cracking up and joking on the sidelines, like, nah, I just didn't drop out of this game for my team. Maybe it's just the back in the day, Blaine team would never have done that. But I just I seem like this generation is just like, if they don't really feel it, they're, not, they're just not going to do it. And Taylor Wan just really struggled with it all year. It's like five minutes before the game. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to play today. And I just want to know, if, is this a generational thing or is this just like maybe he is hurt and we just don't know or what's going on? <laughs> well, you know, this team is actually pretty tough. I, I, I would put it up there with one of the tougher teams over the last decade. Let's just say that. Just their mental toughness, their fortitude to come back after games, they're, they're tough. Uh, and I would say Lawan is a tough guy. He's not just saying, oh, I can't play. It's not it's just not that simple. Obviously, the training staff and the coaching staff are working hand-in-hand watching him uh, because of the extent of his injury, the ACL. And then, you know, every now and then it just maybe flares up. I have no idea. I'm not over there. I don't know anybody over there to have those kind of conversations. And so I think they say it's probably best that we have someone start the game and play and use them in an emergency situation uh, because of it. Now, one thing he is unaware of to me, and that goes to what he's saying is, it's not to say that you can't enjoy yourself watching a game, but just know all eyeballs are watching you on the sideline when you're not playing, especially a high-profile player like yourself and Taylor Lewan. So I think that's the part that you know kind of takes people the wrong way, even though it's unintentional on his part. Uh, he's just standing there watching the game, and somebody may have said something funny or you know, cracked a joke. We don't know. They might have passed gas. I have no idea, you know, and laughed about it, uh, doing guy stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's an unfair rap, but also at the same time, you know, with attention comes criticism. Mm-hmm. You got to know that. I wanted to look, too, and I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling on uh, to find this. 
He was on the injury report last week. Nate. He, maybe he was limited. He was limited. Mm-hmm. Um, he was limited so, on Thursday. Just not to, he, he's not just showing up at a game, I can't go. No, he's and not doing that. Not he was limited Thursday, then he did not practice oh, on Friday. And so they that made was him a questionable tailing tape right there. And some Tail coaches, yeah. mm-hmm, they will be like, well, if he didn't practice Friday and it's a previous injury, it's not one that you say, ah, he can fight through this. Right. Well, we have to consider him not playing. Mm-hmm. What are our options? Now, I, I, you know, Lamb didn't even go, right? Was he, he was an inactive anyway. Yep, he was uh, inactive. So your options were limited. So I think they were to some point, eh, we'd rather go with the youngster and use Luan in an emergency situation is what my guess would be. And hopefully we don't have to play him and we'll survive. Uh, and maybe he'll have another week to really get back right. So I, I don't know what he's doing to, you know, when you have an ACL, they can go up and down and swell up. For you know, you can just wake up and it just you know, it's swollen. You're like, oh, uh oh. So uh, this is uh, something you you just don't really you want it to go away. And it has its own mind, so it's not going to just go away. So at least he's been honest with with the training staff and the coaching staff and not trying to put the team in a bad situation. Oh, by the way, no, and he knows this. You play injured. Nobody's saying you're injured. Right. So don't make care he was on the injury report. And if he thinks that he's going to have a bad day, oh, who are we playing? The Rams. They got some pretty good pass rushers. Mm-hmm. It was highly likely that he could look pretty bad with a with a bad, you know. Hat. Bad wheel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coach Max only got two good wheels. I think he enjoyed this win on Sunday night. If you listen to Titans Radio, you know this gentleman enjoyed that game. And he will join us to talk all about it and to look ahead because the Saints are coming to town next. Coach Mack joins us yeah, next on Blaine and Nick. That's what this was to them, a homecoming game. That's well, absolutely true. Well, well, well and, guess, and guess what? We just blew the float up. There you go. <laughs> there, there's a destroyed parade float, according to Coach Dave McGinnis. You know what time it is. It's time for Coach Mack on Blaine and Mickey. Um, Coach, I'm just going to say it. Lucas had a little fun with audio there, but uh, I don't know if anybody had any more fun on Sunday night than you did calling that win over the Rams. Uh, you're right. I had a really good time. I mean, I, I had a really good time because going in there, you know, just look, I know, I know everybody there. I, I mean, I, I worked for that organization for a long time and, 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 and especially now that they're out there in LA and Hollywood and they're, and they, you know, they embrace all of that, which is rightfully so. But I mean, and especially with the news, you know, going out there that we weren't going to have Derrick Henry. I mean, you really got the feeling when you entered the building and just, you know, I'd, Getting off the bus, I talked to a lot of people. I know all the people that work in the building, you know, there. They brought them all over. Anyway, you got the, <laughs> got the feeling that, you know, well, you guys are here and you guys are having a nice year, but it's too bad that you lost Derrick Henry. And, by, by the way, we're really good. And, plus, this is Sunday night football, and we've got everything going on around here. You know, Isaac Bruce, great player, great person, is going to, you know, we're bringing back the Hall of Famers. We're going to give him his ring. And then we're going to continue to play on this video board. Uh, the Rams win over the Titans in the Super Bowl continuously. Mike Keith said it very well. He said, while they spent time celebrating the past, uh, the Titans were working in the future. And mm-hmm. so uh, it, it made me very happy. And it reminded me a lot of, you know, you, you schedule somebody on homecoming and you have the parade and everybody's feeling good. And all of a sudden you go out there and get your face kicked in. Well, the defensive line coach have been such a good story. That front four, they got pressure again with four, and 
you know, Big Jeff, just what a coming out party for that rascal, as well as Danico and, and the other guys. But uh, what a fantastic effort by the by the front four. Well, and, and look, it, it, you know, and you're right. I mean, those guys, but they've been doing it, you know, for a minute now. Once yes, they, they had have. everybody pulled back together on there, and that's important. I mean, the sack that he made on, on Stafford in the end zone, that was a three-man game. I don't know what they call it, but out of the four-man rush, we used to call it a tango where the tackle would come around to, you know, the tackle in the end of the other side going down and dragging the dragging the, the leverage down inside. And he, I mean, for a big man like that to wrap like that and still be able to get in there, they were very creative with their four-man games, and they just dominated them up front. And they were really smart. And Mike Vrabel said this. We talked about it on this show last week going in, that they needed to crush the inside of that cylinder you know, to get to, to get to Stafford because both are tackles, Havenstein and, you know, and, and Whitworth are big people. They're not real mobile, but they're big. It takes a long time to get around them. So the place to get to their quarterback is not to the edge. It's you got to crush the cylinder, and they crushed the cylinder. I mean, the, the, all four of those guys, there were really five or six of them that played. But what the, 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 the show that they put on, I mean, wow. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Dave McGinnis, every time he comes on with us, we say, wow. He's brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage and an affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They got you covered, just like we're covered with the Mac attack. Mm, yeah, man. It's, so, wow. Like, okay, give us an explanation of the stadium. I, I missed out. I don't know if Mickey asked you that, but how wow was the stadium that you helped it, build? Yes. It is It is. It is stupendous. <laughs> I mean, it's spectacular. It really is. When you're driving up into it, just the, the magnitude and the size of the property, you're like, whoa. You know, and, and when you and, and then the way that it's set up, it's beautiful. It is absolutely fabulous. And plus, you know, they've got NFL network there now. They, I mean it's a it's a whole complex, but just every attention to detail is is just beautiful. I mean, it's perfect. Uh, you know, when you're driving down underneath Blaine, you know how the buses go underneath to let you off at the locker mm-hmm. room? Well, see, the hole that they dug to put this stadium in, and let me give a reference point to it. The deepest hole, the group, the Hunt group out of Dallas did it. They also did AT&T. They did Jerry World. They did the one at Minnesota. They're also the same ones that did this. And so when we were up there meeting with them before all this went down, they said this hole, the hole in, in Minnesota was the biggest they'd dug for a stadium so far, 45 feet down to put pylons in. They dug 90 feet down for the pylons of this one, twice as deep. Jerry's Jerry World, y'all have been in there, and, and some of our listeners have been in there. Jerry's World will fit inside of this one. Get, gives you some perspective as to what this is. And so when you're driving your buses down to get to the, I mean, you feel like you're going into Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. I mean, you're going so far down. I mean, we were driving down in the buses. I was going, whoa, how deep are we getting? It, it's spectacular. I, it is, it, it's beyond description. And I was talking to some of the, the Rams people today. They called to congratulate congratulate me and i said i said hey that stadium is spectacular they said you know coach mack you really can't explain it to anybody until they're they've been here and and, and have seen it 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 is really something mm, man we are with coach mack giving us the mack attack out there in la i guess coach i want you to take us through uh, and i'm sure you've watched the film of the Bayard interception uh, that he had and, and what it takes to you know for a player to even do what he did. Well, you played back there in the post, and you know you know what it's like. And here it was. This was film study. This was the route mm-hmm. combination that he recognized. 
this is all directional delivery key. And let's talk ball a little bit. You know what directional delivery key is mm-hmm. for everybody else. And you're, if you're, if you're playing the middle of the field safety, whether you're playing man or zone, you're still the middle of the field, you know, you know, safety. And a lot of the stuff you do is off the direction of the quarterback. The directional key is which way his shoulder finally starts to point, but the delivery key, you never, you know, you never break until that front hand comes off the ball. But if you've got a really good idea where it is going and see, he, he was able to avoid an area. Mm-hmm. and make a decision that he knew right where it was going. He broke perfectly on the directional delivery key. The pass was thrown out and away to the sideline, and he made a really good hands high point catch to go get it. But that was, that was, that was middle of the field safety, directional delivery key, mm-hmm. film study, 101 to the best, to the ultimate. And, and that's what shocked Stafford. He couldn't believe the guy was there. I mean, he couldn't believe he, couldn't believe he was there because he thought he had the outcut you know, thrown over there to the sideline. Beautiful play. And it just it just compounds what Bayard has been doing this year. He's playing at an all-pro level. Let's just get that out of the way. But that was a huge, huge play. But it all came from film study and then being able to be confident enough in your film study to pull the trigger. And so all of that came together. I loved watching it. I really did. Yeah, I, I, I get chill bumps just watching it because – there's parts in, you know, you go throughout your career. I could never have done something like that in that kind of spotlight because he saw it earlier uh, in the game and didn't go yeah. after it, and he he missed it. He's like, oh, I'm getting that next time. Let me see. And so I, I, and I watched him. I was just like, oh, man, that is so awesome. And the reason why I bring it up, he is now at 23 interceptions, I think. Is that about right, Coach? And yeah, I don't if know. If he gets I don't to know the 30, then the consideration for Hall of Fame will start to be coming into the equation. You, you know, get to the 30, thing like, that's the number. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, you're right. The thing I like about about Kevin Byard is is he is so now focused that it is it is amazing. And 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 he is we've known his leadership capabilities and, and last year to his own admission and the and you know in general he did not have the type of year that he wanted to have because you know, he was he was probably trying to make up for a lot of other things that were going on around him. But this year he is so dialed in and so now focused that it is just it is it is amazing the 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 ball that he's playing. And I and I'll say this too, and I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it for our listeners. Mike Keith and Amy Wells and I, we we're fortunate. We get to watch practice every day from start to finish. And the way this guy practices and the way this defense practices, guys, this goes clear back to the to the OTAs when we were talking about the mindset that this defense was practicing with. Mm-hmm. You've got to practice with that type of mindset and it has to permeate throughout your defense for you to be able to perform like that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday or Monday or whenever the hell you're playing. And that's what these guys are doing right now. But Kevin Byard, he is stepping up big time on a consistent basis. That's what I love about it. It's on a consistent basis. Always, always coming from, you know, Kevin Byard. But uh, can consistently, can this defense, especially that front four, if they stay healthy, can they consistently play at this level, Coach Mac? Yeah, well, if they stay healthy, they absolutely can. And, and the key has been this four-man rush. And, mm-hmm. and look, it, it's, a, it's a numbers game, but you know this as well as I do. And, and, and here's the deal. If you can consistent, all the great defenses I've coached on in, in my career and been fortunate enough to be involved with, we were the best when we could put pressure with four. And then 
whether you're playing man or zone, if you can cover with seven. If you're playing, if you're playing zone, they've got five eligible. You can play four over three, three over two. If you're playing man, then you can double people. You can double people. You can rob people. You can you you you, you can play low hole low hole robber. You can play you can play high hole rat. You can do whatever you want to do. You can you can double people across. You know anything you want to do if you've got seven to do it with. But the key to that is you have to be able to get pressure with four that gets people off the spot so they can't hold it forever. And so that's what they have been able to do recently is get pressure with four. If they stay healthy, there's no reason they can't continue to do it. Well, Coach, you just made me think of a question. I mean, and that is you've been on some phenomenal defenses. We can just start with the 85 Bears, right? Okay. Where would you rank in a half by defensive tackle the performance? And I don't even rank. Have you ever seen a performance and name the player that had a half like Jeffrey Simmons? Well, I mean, it. it, it I mean, I've been in look, who I've been, been on some great teams. Now, I know Dan, Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael. I, okay, uh, I know. I, I said outside of the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's keep let's 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 keep rolling. Uh, Eric Swan at the Cardinals is a great defensive tackle. You know, by the way, was he, just a barrel. Yeah, I know he was. I remember. Yeah. Okay, yeah. he had three sacks and a half. Let, let, Let's go to Albert Hainsworth, his two his two uh, contract years, how he was playing. Yes. Let's go to Aaron Donald, the dude that, that, that Jeffrey Simmons, you know, was was playing across the field from. Uh, but this this performance it, on that biggest stage, huge. I mean, look, the guy was dominant. He'd have had a fourth sack too, you know, if they hadn't, have, you know. Got, but not only that is he was taking grown men and pushing them back into a seven-step drop quarterback and sacking the quarterback with the grown man's behind. Mm. I mean, it, it was amazing. Yeah, he was on uh, roller skates, that offensive guard there, whoever it was. Man, that looked horrible. Oh. Man, we all with Coach Mack giving us the, the Mack attack, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> all right. What is, uh, you know, uh, this team going to do as far as the offense? And I'm, I'm specifically talking about Lawan missing again and how much concern is there as a coach, a former coach that, you know, if, you know your, your best tackle is in and out of the lineup uh, for whatever reason uh, with his injury and not been able to depend on your anchor at the offensive line. Is it concerning? Well, you just got to put, you know, I mean, look, I give this offensive line so much credit. And you're right, Lawan hasn't been able to play. We know why he hasn't been able Mm -hmm. to play. It's his knee, then he had a concussion, and then, you know. So if you're not able to play, then the next person has got to come in. But the offensive line that they have have pieced together consistently throughout this year, where, where are we sitting right now? We've played 77 different players. Yeah. After nine games, and what is that? That's six or seven away from the record for a 16-game season. The the job that this football team has done overall in totality of, of plugging holes in the dike and continuing to win consistent games against really good teams, I mean, it's massive kudos to the coaching staff and to this locker room. It really is. And so, to me, the thing that points out is this, Blaine, you want all your good players playing, but if they can't, you don't, you, you don't, uh, you know, you don't just just throw up your hands and say, "What are we going to do?" You say, "Here's what we're going to do: We're going to get this guy ready, and then we're going to go and we're going to play, and we're going to win a game." And you know, until your your guys are healthy, if they can't play, then somebody else has to step in and play. And so far, this football team this year, because of their mental and physical toughness, and 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 it's legit. 
It's not just they don't just say it. You can see it. You've seen it throughout the whole season. They just step in and say, we're going to go win the game, and then hopefully our players can come back, and when they do, then we'll be even better. Yeah, well, with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. Coach, so it, it, there's not really a middle point. I guess halftime of Sunday night was the middle point of the season. But I, I'll just ask you this. For all the things that they're doing well, despite all the injuries, which has been amazing, do you have a biggest concern for this team right now for the immediate future or for the second half of the season? Is there something that stands out to you that you say, well, this is something they they do need to fix? Well, I mean, you, you, it, here here's what this this season is, especially now that we've got 17 games and especially going through the injuries that this team has gone through. It's a series of one-week seasons. That's what it is. And so I, I really don't ever even look ahead. I mean, I told you guys this last week, you know, and, and the week before. I don't even look ahead to the schedule because yeah, you've got to just look at it week to week to week. And so – the the concern is clearly is the injuries and who's going to be available. But as I say, I get to watch him practice and, and my concern level goes real low once I watch him practicing because they're just out there. They coach everybody up, everybody that's on that field that has cleats and a helmet on. They coach up as if they are going to be the primary focus of the ball game. And guys, I'm not just saying that I witness it and we're, that's what we're seeing. So I don't really worry about it because worrying about it does zero it's just like hope you know hope's not a strategy right you just got to do something about it and that's what they've been doing what do you see with dennis allen's defense man they've been really good this year they're number one in scoring wow. defense they're first against the run dennis allen and his crew playing really well before i jumped on with you guys that's exactly what i was doing i mean they really are playing you talk about a front four that can get it they got a front four that can get it and here's what dennis allen does now and, and especially, especially with this defense, you know, if you don't block Demario Davis behind the line, he's going to make every tackle. All right, but this front, they're they're doing it with the front yeah, four, man. especially on first and second down. You know, they are they are playing the run and the passing game. You know, with 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 seven in coverage and playing it with four. And if you get third and chains, which to me third and chains is third and seven plus against this group, he gets really creative on third down with his pressures. But they are playing such consistent good ball. And look, Sean Payton has flipped the switch. Now he doesn't have Drew Brees. You know, then he then he got Jameis hurt. And so what he's done now, Sean Payton has started playing to the strength of that defense. He's running the ball. You know, he's turned around handing the ball off to Kamara and handing the ball off to Ingram. He's running the football now, playing to the strength of that defense. I mean, and you know, Sean Payton's one of the best coaches in the league, and one of the reasons is he adapts to his personnel and what they're doing. But this defense, I mean, they're they're a top ten defense. They're number one in certain categories for a reason. They have got some dudes up front mm -hmm. that are really playing well. And as a result, the other people at the second and the third level are playing really good football. I mean, I'm impressed when I watch him. But if you, if, if you don't keep the chains in your favor as an offense against the defense we're getting ready to play on Sunday out here with the Saints, you got a problem because now they're really going to light it up. Hey, I'd appreciate if you always said Arkansas State's to Mario Davis, Coach. We need all the, <laughs> all the advertising we can get right now. It's been a tough season for my squad. You know, Mickey, he was at Arkansas State, and uh, it's my apologies to you, Arkansas State, and to Mario Davis, because I know he's a proud alumni. Well, he is about as proud as I am. Hey, Coach, great stuff as always. It was a lot of fun listening to you and Mike call that game, and it always is, and you guys are the best in the business, and we always appreciate this visit with you. Guys, I always enjoy coming on with you. See ya. Yes, sir. The one and only Coach Mack. All right, when we return – we got a poll out there on Blaine and Mickey Twitter at Blaine and Mickey.
who do you give the most credit for with the Titans' resurgent defense this year? We have never had one that was this close. You got four choices, and somebody, Andy, I think, actually added a fifth choice, which we were both like, hmm, that's interesting. We'll share the results. You can go vote right now. Twitter at Blaine and Mickey. Give you that next. Also, Gary in Nashville wants to talk a little Titans. We'll talk to him on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. 3HL coming up next. They're at B-Dubs in Clarksville. So B-Dubs! Clarks Vegas always turns up for zone remotes. So y'all go have some chicken and hang out with Brent and Babs and Ron. You'll have a good time tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. No, nobody will be yelling or anything. Nope, they'll just be having a good time. Uh, party to the top. They will be partying for sure. <laughs> Gary and Nashville is partying on our Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Tell you about this poll at Blaine and Mickey right quick. But uh, let's get Gary in first. Gary, thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just uh, sorry I didn't get there early enough for the coach to comment. But uh, I've been thinking of in thinking about uh, what's happened with Derrick Henry being gone. It just occurred to me that this gives the offense thirty snaps a game, additional that aren't going to go to Derrick Henry. Oh man, and, did, uh, did, did, did Mickey call you like, and tell you that? Because he said that yesterday. <laughs> that exact no, same quote. I, thirty I, I plays. Great minds think well, alike, Gary. You know. You, mul- you multiply that by six or seven games, you know, you got 200 or more additional opportunities for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I-, I just look forward to the team that emerges yep. at the end of this being a much better, more better complete team. and uh, yep. diverse uh, offense than we will have had. When Henry comes back, it's going to be like, even better, you know, yep home run for him all the time because there's so many good other options around him at that point. Yeah. Well, that's exactly you uh, old rascal. I, yeah. I like the way you think there. Yeah, that's yeah. what you said. And then I've been saying immediately when he got injured that this could make the team a better complete team uh, than just a one man show. And you said, don't freak out. Cause I'm saying that he's still the best player. Yeah. We all yeah. acknowledge that. But this makes everybody else step up. And that's when I went into the example of when we didn't have McNair yep. uh, the year we went to the Super Bowl, and he didn't start the first five games because he had back surgery. And Neil O'Donnell went 4-1. and one. Oh, my bad. The Tennessee Titans went 4-1. and one. Right. And what was the first thing that you just said? That was the year we went to the Super Bowl. Oh. Now, think about that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a running back, Eddie George. That was the quarterback, Steve McNair. Mm-hmm. Missed five games to start the season, and Neil O'Donnell was like, I got y'all, and the team stepped up and played great around him. Mm-hmm. Four and one start. Yeah. Most teams would completely lose their, you know what? If the quarterback goes down, Titans made the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. People stepped up, played their role, played a little bit more when they needed to. Um, but if the quarterback went down with the Titans, and knock on wood, though, I think I would lose my, you know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Logan Woodside era. You, you can manage through three guys and get them touches. Uh, as far as replacing Henry, and that shows his value just that alone, uh, and none of them will even equal him. Uh, so, uh, so other players are going to rise to the occasion: offensive line, defensive line, the whole entire team. It's never on one person, uh, which is they heavily, you know, relied on them, and now you don't. It's everybody. Rise up. Well, defense has been rising up. So our director of content, Blaine Bishop, said, let's put this out there for people. I mean, he's a great director of content. Let's ask, who gets the most credit from you 
for this Titans defense. And I looked, because I wrote this down, Titans are 14 in scoring defense, 23.4 points per game. But here's where they shine. Defense is tied for the most sacks in the NFL with 23. Uh, Harold Landry's tied for third in the league with nine. Big Jeff has five and a half. Danico has five. Ola has two and a half. Bud Dupree only has one. Imagine when he gets two legs going. Uh, Landry's tied for third with the most quarterback hits. Audrey is tied for seventh for the most quarterback hits. And they're the only interior defenders with 40-plus quarterback pressures this season. They're on the Titans. Jeff Simmons and Aaron uh, Jeffrey Simmons. I'm sorry. One of them is on the Titans, Jeffrey Simmons. The other one is Aaron Donald, the only interior defenders. So we asked this question, who gets the most credit? And we're very limited on characters. So here's what we said. Shane Bowen, you guys said 25%. Yeah, Shane. The D.C. Jim Schwartz. We don't even know what Jim Schwartz does. We he's, don't know. He's it. an assistant to the assistant. He got more points than 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 Shane Bowen. He got twenty eight percent. Him in the building. Oh, he got more. He got more points than the, than the actual DC. I don't know. It's y'all's poll. Well, you, this is not a poll. If you like somebody more than the other person, don't be a poll assassin. Here we go. Jim Schwartz, twenty eight percent. So then I don't know how to put this down. Limited characters. J Rob slash new players added because he's the GM and yeah, he adds he them. He did ask us. That got thirty percent. Okay, Uncle J Rob. Uh-huh. So then all that's left is whoever was left returning players. That only got 17%. That included Big Jeff and Byard. Oh, my. <laughs> so uh-huh. Shane Bowling gets 25%. Schwartzy, 28. We don't know what he does, but he's doing it. <laughs> J-Rob, new players added 30%. That's number one right now. Returning players improve. I mean, that's all the – I ran out of characters there, but just them playing better. Uh, but I, I anyway, that got 17%. Uh, Scoot Man says, if Bowen was getting the blame last year, how can he not get the credit this, this year? year? Right. Yeah. And then uh, Andy said all of the above, including Mike Vrabel. Yep, and I would agree with that right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Titans' win streak since week five in the NFL ranking wins first with five points per game, 32 third. Point differential, 60 first. Turnover differential, plus six first. Sacks, 15, tie for second. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they didn't come together as a team over a five-game window, and this win streak is pretty impressive. Watch the heck out. We're going to try to impress you tomorrow on this show. Uh, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus and Jordan DeJani. Mm. That's coming up next. But right now, what's coming up next is 3HL. Time for us to get out into this sunshine, Hitman. And as always, Mickey. Happy Tuesday and peace! peace!